On the prequel to the 17th episode of This Film is Lit, we'll be previewing The Princess Diaries and Ready Player One. Hello and welcome back to the aforementioned prequel to the 17th episode of This Film is Lit, podcast where we compare books to their movies. We're doing our first doubleheader. Because we're doing back-to-back weeks, because uh, Ready Player One comes out on an off week, or what would normally be a prequel week, but we wanted to get that one out right away after the film comes out, so we'll be doing it back-to-back with The Princess Diaries, so we're going to preview both of them here. Ready Player One is also the first Switch book-slash-movie, where I will be reading it and you will be watching it. Yes, no reading for me. No reading for you. That time. Just me reading this one. Uh, but first, we're going to start with The Princess Diaries, which is our next book and thus film adaptation. So let's get into some fun facts about The Princess Diaries. There she is right there. That's me at Thermopolis. Glamour. Romance. Fame. Mia Thermopolis had it all. But only in her dreams. The name of the first book as well as the name of the series. Okay. Um, sadly, the film sequel, The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement, is not based on any of the books. Interesting. They I had did, 10 choices and they... I know. I did a lot of careful looking <laughs> to make sure, because that's also a really fun movie, but, um, it's not based on any of the books. Okay. Uh, the very last book in the series, though, is called Royal Wedding, and it made the jump from the young adult section of the bookstore to the adult section of the bookstore. So which it's just is just like sex. I, I don't know. I've never read it. <laughs> it's just like explicit. <laughs> Maybe. Detailed sexual encounters throughout the book. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my guess would be it's probably more romance. It just has some more adult than, themes. Yeah, and, yeah, some more adult stuff in it. Um, I mean, if she gets married, you know. Yeah. Then we can sanction that sex. Then it's allowed. Morality uh, groups can't complain about it anymore yep. if they're married. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it did it jump from young adult to adult, a genre jump. So um, that's that's pretty unique for a series. Yeah, you would think. Well, yeah. I guess if they went on long enough, if it was 11 books, I would imagine it took quite a while. Most of the people who started reading them when they were... Yeah, yeah. When they were younger, or, you know, when it was made sense, it, by the time they got to the 11th one, they were probably considerably older. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in the same way, they never made a genre jump, but, like, the Harry Potter books. Yeah. A Harry Potter definitely ages. Aged with um, I don't, the audience. Yeah. I mean, it never made the jump to, like, being adult fiction. No, like I said, it but... never genre jumped, but it definitely yeah. ages within the young adult oh, yeah. fiction category, so... It's not completely unheard of. (laughs) Um, Aside from this series, author Meg Cabot has written 80 plus other books. She writes a lot. Yeah. Um, That includes a middle grade spinoff to The Princess Diaries called From the Notebooks of a Middle School Princess. Found out all kinds of stuff I didn't know about. 
while I was looking up these fun facts. I had no idea she wrote so much. Yeah, that's an insane amount. It feels yeah. like an insane amount. It's um, like pushing Stephen King levels, is it not? <laughs> like, 80 books? That's He's probably done written more than that, but he has a lot of short stories in there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably getting that way wrong. I just know he's known for writing a lot of... Yeah, he churns it out. Yeah. Uh, the Princess Diaries, the first book in that series, won a couple of smaller awards. It won the ALA Quick Pick for Reluctant Young Adult Readers, the New York Public Library Books for the Teen Age, and the Tennessee Volunteer State Book Award. Hmm. None of these are awards I've ever heard of. No. But... But they're awards nonetheless. They are, yes, they're awards nonetheless. Um, and I totally get the ALA quick pick for reluctant young readers, because um, this is a funny book that's super amusing. Yeah. And it's not, like, it's interesting, but it's not, like, the material isn't tough. Yeah. It's a real easy read. It's easy to get into, yeah. easy to read. There's something to be said for that, especially trying to find, for younger audiences, obviously, mm-hmm. it's uh, interesting to have something that they can get into Yeah, easier. Just for the record, I looked it up. Stephen King has written 54 novels, published 54 novels, but he's also written an additional M. But who knows, you know, a lot of his books are considerably longer. That's true. Yeah. It's and to be, these are young adults. Yeah, so to be fair, not. she's writing mostly young adult and middle grade, and yeah, the, so they tend to be... 200 yeah, pages, 300 maybe. On the shorter side. Yeah. Um, and have less complex themes. Yeah. Um, another thing that I found while I was digging around on the internet, because this was one of those books where I kind of had a hard time finding trivia about it. There's a lot more out there about the movie. Yeah. But one interesting thing that I did find was that um, Princess Mia, the protagonist, and Genovia, the made-up country for this series, both have fake websites. Huh. She has um, an in-character blog, and there is a fake travel website. And these were made for the book and not the movie? I believe so, yeah. Huh. They, they were all linked like through the author's website. Like I had to dig around That's to find them. And it didn't look like they were movie-related. I didn't see any pictures from the movies or anything. Hmm. But neither of them appear to have been active in a while. Yeah, so. well, I'm sure, you know, while she was writing them, sort of publicity-type yeah. stuff, tie-in stuff that, yeah. And then it just, you know, yeah. as the series wound down, she stopped doing that. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so that's all I have. All right. Well, I have a few things about the movie here. Uh, the Princess Diaries, which came out in, and I don't have that, 2004? No. Yes. It's somewhere between 2001 and 2004, because I remember vaguely how old I was when I went to see it. 2001. There we go. 2001 film. Uh, it's directed by the late, great Gary Marshall. Who directed millions, not millions, but literally dozens <laughs> of movies, uh, Pretty Woman, mm-hmm. um, all of those day movies that have a bunch of random rom-com actors and actresses in them, like Valentine's Day and Mother's Day. Oh, and God. <laughs> all those. I forgot about those. Yeah, he did a lot of those, uh, but uh, probably most famously, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't pretend to be a Gary Marshall fan, I... I maybe I think I've seen Pretty Woman at some point in my life, but it's been a long time. Mm. But he's generally dabbled, dabbled more in the rom com mm-hmm. type of genre or just romance, drama, comedy area. It's co produced by Whitney Houston. Really? It's weird and random, but I didn't know that. 
I'm sure she. I, I know. I think she's produced a few movies, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know how many. Uh, but I just saw that. I thought that was strange. Uh, other thing, I had no idea, which makes sense, I guess. Now that I know it's 2001, it's a little earlier. But this is Anne Hathaway's first film. Yeah, did not know that. <laughs> this is her debut film, so that's that's interesting. The reason she was hired for for the role uh, was because uh, Gary Marshall's granddaughter uh, saw her audition tape and said that she had the best princess hair. Aww. So, so that's one of the main reasons, supposedly one of the main reasons. That's cute. That he picked her. Um, uh, but one of the first choices before her was Liv Tyler. I Which makes sense. see that. This is coming yeah. right off, uh, right around the time she was cast. Or she would already have been in, because the first one had come out by now, uh, Lord of the Rings, as yeah. Arwen. So, as yeah, a, so she uh, would have been, been a big name. So, but that was actually why they ended up not going with her, was because they wanted a new face. They wanted somebody mm-hmm. new. Uh, yeah, and also, it's, it's a, you know, a few years after uh, um, Armageddon, mm-hmm. which was a huge, you know. I, I don't know if I can imagine her looking plain enough for the beginning. Yeah. Of this movie. Like, Anne Hathaway is really pretty. Yeah. But she's also, she's, like, normal looking enough. Yeah. That they were able to make her look kind of plain. Mm-hmm. Speaking of making her look plain, uh, she had to wear a <laughs> thick clip-in hairpiece at the beginning. That for, makes To make sense. it all bushier. <laughs> uh, and it was known as the Beast by the cast <laughs> and the crew. So when you watch the beginning of the film, her, and maybe later, I don't know, but, like, it sounded like, like, the beginning before, like, her makeover or whatever. Yeah. That's a thing that happens. Um, she, yeah, she wore a big clip in hairpiece. Uh, during filming, there's a scene where she, I, 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 this is all, I have never seen this film, so these are things I will look out for. There's a scene where she trips and falls in the bleachers. Mm-hmm. That was real. Mm-hmm. She just tripped while they were doing the scene and they thought it was funny, so they left it in the movie. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, finally the cat in the film, Fat Louie. Yeah. Is her actual cat. Aww. And Hathaway's actual cat. Well, there was, they used four, but one of them... Mm-hmm. There was, like, one that did more, like, physical... Like, did stuff. There was one that, you know... They did a couple different things. They had different cats. But the one that is, like, the main... Like, the, that they got the other ones to match was her cat. Cool. So, there well, you go. That explains why the cat was so nice to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It works, so... Apparently, there's also a scene where somebody gets caught on fire, and they're supposed to go out much sooner, and then uh, there's a moment where Anne Hathaway panics and throws water on it, and that wasn't scripted, but that actually happened because the fire didn't go out when it was supposed to. Oh. So look out for that. (laughs) I mean, nobody got hurt or anything. It just, it did eventually go out. It just didn't, it wasn't uh, as planned, shall we say. Hmm. That's all I got for... The Princess Diaries. I'm looking forward to watching this, I guess. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it because I consider this movie like really iconic. It's like a staple of my young I can adulthood. See that. I can see that. And I'm really excited that you haven't seen it, and yeah. I'm super excited to watch it with you. I can see that. That's definitely right in the wheelhouse of when those most formative sort of films come out. Like I, I, I don't know if I've ever even talked about it on here uh, or anywhere really, but uh, for me, one of those movies is The Mummy with Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser, uh, which I think was ninety nine or two thousand. So right, you know, same yeah. ballpark where you're and you're a year and a half younger than me. So like that lines up 
Or I guess you were a year younger than me, not a year and a half. Whatever. Yeah. Close enough. Um, <laughs> so it lines up right in that 13-year-old, 12, 13, 14 age range where you're old enough and smart enough to start really comprehending movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, but at not yet old enough to be cynical. Yeah. So, like, everything is, like, super awesome for a few years. <laughs> and it's also when you can first start watching, like, PG-13 and R-rated movies is kind of right in that window. Um so yeah, I can I could see how a movie like this would be one of those that you know is a sort of a cultural touchstone for uh, a woman your age. But <laughs> I've never seen it, so we'll. Uh, I was too busy watching the Mummy and the Mummy Returns, which I believe came out in two thousand one. So maybe we'll have to. Those are not based on books, unfortunately, but <laughs> they are some of my favorite films. All right. That's going to do it for The Princess Diaries. That's going to be our next episode coming Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. But now we're going to move on to the one that's coming out after that, which is going to be in theaters. It's Ready Player One. My name is Wade Watts. My dad picked that name because it sounded like a superhero's alter ego, like Peter Parker or Bruce Banner. But he died when I was a kid. My mom, too. And I ended up here sitting here in my tiny corner of nowhere there's nowhere left to go nowhere except the oasis all right i have the book notes for this one because i am reading the book currently about a third of the way through uh i've had a tough go of it so far (laughs) it's gotten better i will say that uh it's gotten less well, I don't want to ruin anything. It's 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 smoothed out, and I'm enjoy and finding it less annoying to read. <laughs> and I don't want to damn the movie stri- or the <laughs> the book straight away. And uh, but it's uh, yeah, the last little bit has been better, and I'm think I'll be able to move through it a little faster. We'll see. So, Ready Player One, uh, 2011 book. It is the debut novel of uh, American author Ernest Klein. Uh, he had another novel come out a few years later that I don't remember the name of uh, that was not very well received. But mm. um, but ready the Ready Player One the novel was pretty popular. Oh, incredibly right? well received. Uh, it is only recently, and I say recently, um, somewhat recently, uh, had a sort of reverse uh, opinion or uh, sort of negative opinion mm-hmm. start to creep up in, in more and more people from what I've kind of gathered because I only ever heard good things about it. Yeah. when it first came out. I mean, all the mainstream, like, uh, it had, like, a ton of great reviews, and all the mainstream, like, publications all gave it good reviews and that sort of thing. I'm a little surprised by that uh, as I read it now, and especially by one particular review by the Huffington Post, which I'll just get to here. Uh, Rebecca Searle from the Huffington Post described the book, and this is actually on the cover of the version I'm reading, uh, this pull quote, as the grown-ups Harry Potter. Hmm. Which, not sure I could disagree with that more <laughs> in terms of uh, quality and uh, content. But uh, at least so far, again, I'm about a third of the way through the book. But uh, to me, it has uh, lacks a lot of the charm that I found uh, in Harry Potter. I think Harry Potter is the grown-ups version of Harry Potter, but sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, she went on to say that it has all the nostalgia. Got that one right. Trivia, 100% correct. Adventure, romance, heart, eh. <laughs> adventure maybe, and dare I say it, some very fascinating social commentary. 
we'll see where that goes because right now that social commentary for me is it's really funny watching you try to like withhold i know i have uh, i uh <laughs> it's uh boy i'm really interested to see where that social commentary if it, things change by the second half i want to give it the benefit of the doubt we'll see uh audio book book was released the same day and it's narrated by will wheaton which is huh interesting and random uh he was in he's in mentioned in the book at mm-hmm. one point uh because of i think because of star trek probably um which if you don't know will wheaton played wesley crusher on star trek he's also and he's been he's done a bunch of stuff but uh more recently he was um that guy from dark matter if you watch yeah. that show we liked on sci-fi called dark matter he was uh one of the evil scientists in that it won the this is i love this about it it won the 2012 Prometheus Award, which there's so many things I love about this. One, it's called the Prometheus Award, and my well-documented um, oh, hatred for the film Prometheus. Don't get him started. No, I'm not going to get started. I'm not even because it's not even relevant, but I just thought it was funny that this book <laughs> happened to have an award named after the worst movie ever made, uh, which is, as it turns out, an award for libertarian science fiction. Which I didn't know was a genre, but I it is. not either. Here's what that is. Uh, it's given by the Libertarian Futurist Society. And what libertarian science fiction is, it's a subgenre, obviously, of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Focuses on the politics and social order implied by right libertarian philosophies with an emphasis on individualism and private ownership of the means of production. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you need an example of uh, what kind of writing wins this award... Ayn Rand won it a bunch of times. <laughs> Ayn Rand, sorry, won it a bunch of times. Or at least, eh, she was one of the few authors listed that won it multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think Orwell also did, so, you mm. know, take it. I can't imagine there's a ton of people writing in this subgenre. Yeah, probably more than you'd think, I would imagine, but... Yeah. I'm, I haven't gotten into any sort of uh, libertarian themes, I would say, yet. Mm-hmm. At least not from... It seems like it. I mean, other than the the sort of general main story of the of the main character trying to win a prize that will give him a bunch of money, but like, and you know, like, I don't know. Well, well, like I said, I gotta get further. I gotta finish it, and then I'll. Well, yeah. I mean, that'll probably be like the message that it ends up at. Yeah, I'm sure. Sort of. Yeah. 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 That's what it feels like, and that's. Yeah. Probably why some of the super lefty people that I follow on Twitter don't like it. So, <laughs> or among other reasons, I already have seen some of the reasons. And finally, so a version of this that came out recently had a uh, uh, a prequel short story. Mm-hmm. The 2016 edition of Ready Player One it uh, is, has, is a precursor story to the main novel, and it's considered canon for the universe of Ready Player One. Okay, and it's called Lacero, L A C E R O. And it was a fanfic story written by Andy Weir. Really? Who is the author who wrote The Martian and more recently Artemis. Huh. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me because it just doesn't surprise me. Andy Weir strikes me as that kind of person. Um, or as that kind of uh, nerd, I guess is the right word. And also they have similar clunky writing styles i think mm-hmm. and sort of they 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 they've uh, i'm a big fan of andy where i really like the martian and i really enjoyed artemis but uh they're very i think he's him and so far from what i've seen with ready player one they're they're good at sort of 
broader ideas mm-hmm. and and story elements and, and especially the nitty gritty technical like nerdy stuff like mm-hmm. Andy Weir's big thing if you've read The Martian uh, or even seen the movie it's transcri- it transposes pretty well from the book is he's really into the science he's really into the nitty gritty and like the math and like so when you read The Martian you're getting like all the calculations and all the about like how much food he has and how much it's going to take to grow and, and he explains the process of growing the potato like so he goes into really interesting depth and detail about all that stuff, and he's really knowledgeable and all that stuff and does a lot of research. But some of the more, like, uh, character elements uh, and dialogue sometimes is a little more clunky and doesn't feel quite as polished and uh, well-written mm-hmm. or thought out as other authors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it doesn't surprise me that he would read Ready Player One and be like, I love this. I want to write a fanfic about this. <laughs> and also for other reasons, which we'll get into on the main episode, but... So yeah, that I thought that was just funny and interesting that I, I, I had no idea because I guess I don't have the 2016 version because the one I'm reading doesn't have that story in it, so it must be an older version. I don't I borrowed it from a friend at work, so <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know which version I have. But so Ready Player One, uh, I've heard really good things about the film. Oh yeah, we get to talk about your fun facts in the film. I forgot yeah. about that. I'm not used to that. I'm used to going last. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so go ahead, and then we'll. Um, all of my fun facts are off of IMDb. Yeah. Because I was really worried about spoilers. I'm not used to having to do this portion of it. Yeah. And I was worried about spoilers, so I was like, oh, I'm not, I don't want to branch out too much. I always have trouble doing that. And luckily, IMDb breaks up their trivia and interesting stuff. They supposedly do it where they hide the spoilers. They don't yeah. always do a very good job, but... Anyways, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so... Film was directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes. I'm excited about it. Stars a lot of people whose names I didn't recognize. Yeah, it's a bunch of new people, and also Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah, Pegg's in it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> one of the, I think from the trailers, I have, I've seen all the trailers, but a lot of the, so much of it is spent in the virtual world mm-hmm. that you don't see the actors as much. Yeah, I mean, you see them, but yeah. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, somebody. Well, and it's a spoiler, but there's a character. It's a spoiler that I'm not even at in the book, but I, I know what it is because of what I saw in the trailers. <laughs> um, but there's a character who is uh, uh, in Master of None, Aziz Ansari's show. Uh, oh, the his, French girl? No, the one who he goes to Thanksgiving, or comes to Thanksgiving at his house. Oh. And she's gay. Yeah. And it's like a thing. Yeah. Or he goes to her parents' house yeah. for Thanksgiving, and it's like, they were like best friends Yeah, that was up. the best episode. And that was a that really good season. episode that season. There's a whole yeah. episode about her character and sort of her coming out story and mm-hmm. growing up, and it's Thanksgiving for like, Anyways, but she's in it. She yeah. plays one of the main characters, I think. Again, that's spoilery, but anyway, sorry. The author co-authored the screenplay along with mm, okay. Zach Penn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew Zach who, Penn wrote it. Who wrote Also adapted screenplays. He's done a lot of stuff, but I picked some that were specifically adaptations. Um, he adapted X2, The Incredible Hulk, and Inspector Gadget. Is that a future one? The live ed- or the oh the one that no the the, the one with yeah. Matthew Broderick from mm-hmm. oh boy, but what he also did is he wrote the Avengers. Yeah, he wrote the Avengers, but he also wrote X Men Three. Oh God! So this could go <laughs> lots of directions. And again, yeah. with the Avengers, he had he was probably basically co-writing that with Joss Whedon. Yeah, and this he's co-writing with Ernest Klein. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be really interesting. Um, cinematography done by Janusz Kaminski. 
who has of, uh, he has an established Giannis, I believe, partnership with Spielberg. Spielberg yeah, he so he worked on stuff. like um, Schindler's List, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. No, oh, it'll be gorgeous. Yeah, Steven Spielberg and Kaminsky are yeah, it'll be gorgeous film. But that's not what I was worried about. So we'll see. There were five other directors that Slated. were considered for this film. All right, let me hear it. Um. I actually want you to try to guess at least a couple of them. Oh, I can guess at least. Because uh, a lot of these are directors that we know and like and have and talked would, about. That would make sense, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say one would be Edgar Wright. Yes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, and I'm glad he didn't. Actually, no, he would have made an amazing one. He would have he yeah. taken everything I don't like about... I'm still... <laughs> I'm still like I said before, think that Spielberg could, I could see this movie being a really good adaptation and getting rid of all the stuff I haven't liked so far and fixing all the elements and making really good. So, uh, but yeah, Edgar Wright uh, would be one. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Who did uh, Kingsman? Yes. Uh, Vaughn. Yes. Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Two for two. I think I can get all five of these. I could see Brad Bird, but I'm not going to guess Brad Bird yet. I might. I'm going to give me a second on that one. I could see if they would have tried to get Brad Bird would have made sense. Uh, I could see them trying to get Joss Whedon, honestly, would make sense. Uh, but I don't want to say Joss Whedon either. He was too busy doing other stuff, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, you know what? I will say Brad Bird. No. Oh, uh, I have a feeling. Uh, um, Edgar Wright, Matthew Vaughn. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, but he, he was doing so much stuff, but they still could have been attached at some point. Uh, Zack Snyder. Mm-mm. Ridley Scott, maybe. No. No? Okay. Um, think sprawling epic fantasy. Oh, Peter Jackson? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I also wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get, um, Duncan Jones. No. Not on there? Okay. No. He did, like, Warcraft and, well... I could have thought of them trying to get him before Warcraft, but now post-Warcraft, it probably yeah. makes more sense that they wouldn't. But yeah, Peter Jackson, I guess that makes sense. And then I, I'm not sure. Um, think dark, gritty superhero. That's why movies. I said Zack Snyder. Oh, but oh, um, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. yeah. The last one, I don't think you'll get. Okay. Um, I didn't recognize this guy and I scrolled through his IMDb and I don't. All right, just throw it at me. Um, Robert Zemeckis. Oh, Zemeckis. Yeah. Zemeckis, you... We've not, talk, we've not talked about him. We've back never to talked the future. about him. I know, but we've never <laughs> talked about him. No, yeah, we haven't. Um, but yeah, yo, that makes no, I know. perfect he wrote, sense. I can't yeah. believe I didn't... He directed a bunch of motion capture films. Oh. Like, he did the Polar Express. Yes, um, right. Beowulf, that version yeah, of yeah. Christmas Carol with the... Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Jim Carrey, yeah, was Jim it? Carrey. Yeah, Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah, because yeah, the motion capture probably used a fair amount of it. And uh, yeah, because I mean, based on the trailers, it looks like a lot of it is motion capture. Yeah, it seems like it at least. And it makes sense too because it's so steeped in 80s nostalgia that mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like DeLoreans and stuff are like in the movie. So it makes sense to try to get the guy who wrote, who, who, who lived that nostalgia to, or lived that, you know. This must have, this movie sounds like it had to have been a nightmare for a team of intellectual property lawyers. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how I don't I legit don't know how I I mean I don't even know who, all the characters are in it, but I'm confused at how they're yeah. gonna have to make because that all work. The list of references on IMDB, I didn't look at all of them because again I didn't want spoilers, but it's like over thirty items long. Well, if it's yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it because like it just seems like some of the characters just show up, and I, that's a lot of that action stuff with all those characters or, and stuff is where I, I haven't gotten to that point mm-hmm. yet at all. Like I feel like that's the second half of the book stuff where like Iron Giants like running around doing stuff, and I don't know if that happens in the yeah. book or not. But like the stuff I'm at so far, they've mentioned a lot of properties, mm-hmm. but they haven't been in the world. Like there hasn't been like characters or things from those yeah. properties some to some extent but not like in the way it's seen in the trailers so far hmm. um but again i'm only a third of the way through the yeah well so. interesting another interesting fact though <coughs> um there are apparently references to spielberg and spielberg properties oh, yeah. in the novel yeah indiana jones is all over it but he said he was going to be taking those references out Interesting. I yeah. wonder why. Because there's, yeah, there's a, uh, yeah. Iron Man, maybe he wasn't comfortable, like, including references to himself. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess I could see that. It would feel weird and self-indulgent. Yeah. But it's it's just in the book. Like, I, I don't know. And again, a lot of these things that I've seen so far, the references that have been to f- movies and films and stuff, have just been in, <laughs> I don't even know the right way to describe it, the, the character telling the the audience about these things and mm-hmm. not actually manifesting in the world in any way. Like, it's just like we're hearing the thoughts of the character and he's thinking mm-hmm. about his favorite movies and he lists off his favorite. There's, there's, that doesn't I sound that wait interesting. till we get to, there's a page <laughs> and a half of this book that is, I don't know how an editor didn't go. What are you doing? It's the most ridiculous page and a half I've ever, like one of the most ridiculous pages and a half I've ever read <laughs> or two pages I've ever seen in a novel of just like, you, 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 you know, there's a better way to, there's gotta be a better way to do this. There has to be, I don't know. It's, we'll, we'll talk about it when we yeah. get to next, the next, um, that episode. But, but uh, speaking of the Iron Giant, a couple yeah. mentions yeah. ago. Yeah, he's in the um, Vin Diesel is doing the voice again. That makes sense. Um, 19 well. years after Brad Bird's The Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. Last fun fact. Um, before his untimely death, Gene Wilder was approached by Spielberg, who wanted him to appear in the film. Mm-hmm. And Gene Wilder respectfully declined. That, yep, that sounds right about Gene <laughs> Wilder. Seems like the kind of guy to be like, nah, I'm good. Mm, no thanks. Good. Although I did notice that they use pure imagination yeah. in the in the trailers. In the trailers. Yeah. So I apparently had the rights to. I'm trying to look up. I forgot who was actually producing this. Like what studio is? I have no idea. Um, Warner Brothers mm. is distributing the film. It's not Disney. Not Disney. But they still own a fair amount of IP yeah. on some of the characters. In fact, is Iron Giant's Disney? Is he not? What is Iron Giant? He might be one of mm, Yeah, Iron Giant's not Disney, I don't think. So maybe that's why he has a big... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you'll have to pay attention in the book, because I'd be interested to see if they, like, swap out any characters, because yeah. they don't have the rights to them. Because Iron Giant is a Warner Brothers. Yeah. And then also, Iron Giant, it's weird that he's in the trailers, now that I think about it, because he's not a fucking 80s character at all. Yeah. Came out in 99. And, like, everything else, is. it's just, like, 80s, 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 like... Yeah. I can still see potentially being... But the Hiram Giant has not been mentioned so far a third into the book. So I'm wondering if it's not like... 
If maybe it was supposed to be like Transformer or something. Yeah, like if it wasn't supposed to be something like strange Optimus like a Prime. Yeah, like Optimus Prime. Huh. And they're like, oh, we'll just get Iron Giant. It's like the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. 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 But we'll see. Yeah, that's interesting. It could literally I would not be surprised if it was something like that. Yeah. Where it was supposed to be, yeah. Like friend, like opt. Like no, yeah, like, you should definitely like make note of that. I didn't think about that before, but now I will. Because I would be real interested yeah, to see. Since it is Warner Brothers and yeah, the Iron Giants spin like all in all their trailers. I mean, but they've also have because like Tracer shows up at one point uh, from Overwatch, which is a Blizzard IP. So I don't hmm. fucking know how they're gonna f- how they figured that all out. Um, maybe they just did a thing where they found studios willing to play ball because they were like. Yeah, it's only good marketing for us. That's like, true. Yeah, <laughs> to be in your movie about how awesome all these things are. So, <laughs> all right, but yeah, that's uh, Ready Player One. Um, I'm really interested, really interested to finish the book first. And again, there, there's elements to the book so far that I really like, and I think could be done really well. And 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 the book could still finish out strong and and do it well within the book. Um, I just have also had my fair share so far of. of uh, sort of problems with the book, shall mm-hmm. we say? So, uh, both to, from a technical standpoint and from thematic and message and sort yeah. of social elements. Um, but it hasn't taken away completely. Like I said, I, it's, and lately it's gotten a lot better, and I haven't hated it as much as I did for the first while. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. <sighs> uh, we have an Instagram now. Yeah, we have an Instagram. What's it? What's how do you? How do they find that? Just search This Film Is Lit on Instagram. There you go. We're at This Film Is Lit. Yes. And we are posting content. So much there. content. All the content. Content, content, content. So follow us on Instagram if that's your thing. Yes. But yes, that's going to do it for this prequel episode. Go out, catch back up on Princess Diaries, the book or the movie. And then uh, go see Ready Player One this weekend. Read it if you haven't. Or don't. Just one of the two. <laughs> go see the movie <laughs> and then come back and hear our breakdown of Ready Player One so until next time keep reading books keep watching movies keep being super sweet keep